Welcome to episode two of Patch Notes, the news and views show of the No Cartridge brand. I'm Trevor Strunk. You know me. I'm Ed Hagelbon. I'm your regular host. And now the other host of the show who most people want to uh, take over the podcast and replace me, uh, Mr. <laughs> Jonathan Bernhard. John, uh, it's really good to have you back. Hi, Trevor. Thanks for having me and for indulging my backstabbing tendencies. It's it's cool how many, um, how many alts you have. Um, I have to assume you have that many alts, or uh, that thousands and thousands of people uh, really just like are sick of my sick of my horseshit. I not only have alts, I have uh, critical support in the group DMs. <laughs> this 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 disloyalty shall not stand. <laughs> um, so uh, another big week for gaming, I would say. Would you Would you agree? Eh, I've seen bigger weeks. <laughs> oh, wait, shit! This is a new this is a news podcast. We got to sell it. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, it's been an interesting week. Um, it's been overshadowed by a lot of stuff, and it's probably gonna be the the, the first thing we get to will be what's overshadowed it the most. Do you want to just hop right in? Well, okay. Um, so the, the the burning of Notre Dame. Not just just kidding. <laughs> I'm pretty. Uh, yeah. So um, you know we. We talked about, I mean, do you want to jump into the news, or do you want to jump into what's overshadowing the news? Well, it's, what's overshadowing the news to me is this, This uh, are these, oh, all right, so what, what really interests me is how gaming news is really reactive to greater cultural trends, because uh, we're right, always sure. chasing, the games, gaming is always chasing some bigger IP, um, or something outside of it. And we've gotten licensed games a lot more infrequently than we used to. But uh, what I've been circling around and I'm just getting to is this fucking Star Wars convention. I totally get it. Yeah, and, and honestly, like the funny thing about the the funny thing about that is something that I was thinking about as I was reading our outline for this week is like the even even games like the response games have to um, to like IPs like Star Wars is so different in my mind than it was in the past. Mm-hmm. Where like you know you look at you look at licensed games and it was always oh like we made uh, it it's a plus to have a game that is part of like along with your movie or like oh yeah. cool like we have a game that'll be great advertising for our movie so it's like games are doing you a favor or whatever now yeah, it's it was like, like a, it was like a Happy Meal value add there for a while like, exactly did you know yeah there, and, there, did you know there was a Batman Begins game no was there it, was was it good it was mediocre. But yeah, it sounds, that, like the idea of that product, that that movie having a tie-in video game, just seems bizarre now because just it doesn't seem to rate at this point. Like right, exactly. Like it's not. It, it wasn't an event. It wasn't anything mm-hmm. that anyone was like, oh, you gotta, you know, we're gonna we're gonna release this at the next E three, and and you know everyone's gonna get excited. But like this Star Wars game, absolutely feels like okay. Um, Video games have to get in on the fact that there's a Star Wars thing happening, and we just had the Star Wars like trailer drop, mm-hmm. so it's time to it's time to like uh, genuflect and do the Star Wars thing. And it's and it's interesting though because there was a time where genuflecting and doing the Star Wars thing was okay. You get to play uh, ten levels of a bad character action game starring Rey from the movies, or <laughs> right. more likely various characters from the movies because Rey can never be allowed to do her own thing by herself without one of 15 other men showing up um but this is you know it's a separate 
it's a completely separate game, a separate character, we assume. A completely new event. Well, a completely original storyline to that game. Uh, we'll discuss whether or not it's actually a, an original storyline um, uh, in it's, a few minutes. But it it's also... Like it's, a very, it's a very sort of like, uh, not to cut you off, but it is, it's very reminiscent of the pitch for uh, something like KOTOR, in my mind. Like, it's I'm, like... You get to play Star Wars, but it's not a Star Wars you've seen in a movie. It's a video game, and you're gonna have so much fun with it. You know, one of the things about the about this about this um, game that surprises me is, and it kind of goes back to my my thought about uh, licensed games, is like so one of the, you you were saying like what what you did about genuflecting about Star Wars was mm-hmm. you get the the ten level game about Ray, uh, or or someone who is not Ray. Um, so you get like the, the, the Finn side story that you get to play in, uh, in a video game or whatever. Um, and what surprised me about this though, is that it did take the KOTOR route. It was like, you know, you get to, you get to sort of do Star Wars on your own. It's you know, this is different than the movies, but on the other hand, unlike something like KOTOR, where the whole idea was, yeah, okay, you're not getting any Star Wars that you're super excited about right now. No one was excited about the prequels then, not really anymore. Um, the like people were like, you know, uh, bummed and thinking they'd never get a, a Star Wars they really enjoyed again. Now it's like, okay, you get this great game, like you get this great experience. You are gonna like live Star Wars. It's sort of like the the novels or the extended universe where it's like, okay, you liked the you liked this franchise, now we're gonna like take it in creative, weird directions. Um, and, and so like that is a recognizable pitch in a lot of ways for me with um, with video games and, and, and like major IPs. Uh, but what's weird about this major IP is that the, the basic idea is, oh no, um, actually, like you know that movie you're excited about, that Star Wars movie that everyone's really excited about? Now you get to play it as a video game, sort of. Like, this is a video game tie-in, because you don't have any video games you're excited about. It's like basically taking the the hype, uh, the hype sort of uh, economy from the previous KOTOR games, which is like, you know, I know that you're not excited about Star Wars, but here's something to get excited about. And it almost feels like they're saying, yeah, like, don't you wish video games could be as cool as the Star Wars uh, thing that's happening? Well, now they can. It's just very weird. Yeah, it's it's very funny because they actually put this game's trailer up against the teaser for Episode Nine. And what was funny, at least for me, about that is I liked the trailer for this game far more than I liked the trailer for Episode Nine, mainly because the Episode Nine, like, you, there's that weight about what they care about as a franchise for Episode Nine, which probably has probably about as many showable assets as the game does at this point because we only have a cinematic trailer for the game um, and we've only got a 30 minute teaser for that but there's no actual interesting story shit in that episode 9 trailer you've got uh, I think you have Luke doing a couple of voiceover lines Mark Hamill doing a couple of voiceover lines you've got uh, the Emperor's laugh piped in at the end and then the rest of it is like uh, Ray fighting a TIE fighter and, you know, just general effects shots of cool shit happening that tells you nothing about the story. And then over on this video game side, you get basically the entire elevator pitch of, of the uh, of uh, Jedi Fallen Order, Star Wars Fallen Order, um, delivered right to you. And the pitch is actually mostly the same as the Star Wars Rebel cartoon they've been showing on the Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that, you know, all the Jedi have been killed by uh, the Emperor and his Order 66. And now the you're in Emperor. that... 
you're in that interregnum period between uh, the end of the prequel trilogy and the beginning of the original trilogy, which is really the most fertile space that the the new regime at Disney, and even at the end of the Lucas years, uh, that the Star Wars people have had for telling stories, because the original trilogy, of course, is what appealed most to the people who saw it growing up, and I, I guess to, to us, the kids that were too young for it when it came out originally in the 70s and 80s, but... Um, we're also too sort of too old for the prequels to really grab us as kids. Yeah, and I, I think I mean I think the so here for me like for me the 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 prequels thing is weird for me because like I I don't think the prequels have ever been good. Like, oh, we, well, uh, we can get we we'll, we can do a whole podcast on that. Yeah, um, we probably we probably shouldn't. I am um, a prequels defender, by the way. Uh, oh, okay. Jonathan. Well, um, uh, I am a prequels I, defender. I don't, uh, think, I don't think they're good. I think we memed our way into thinking they were good because, no, like, the I mean, I, I disagree. Um, okay. I do with the caveat that episode two is truly unwatchable. Okay. Um, well, I, I'll, I'll I'll accept that caveat and move mm-hmm. on for now because I agree about episode two more than anything. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, like, what's what's weird to me about about this stuff, right? Is like, don't you think? Don't you think in like in the past, right? The for a film, you'd need to have the story stuff, and for the for the game, you'd need to just have the visual effects. Like yeah. it feels like the proof of concept has been switched just because Star Wars has become like just so massively huge, like mm-hmm. a like a too big to fail sort of franchise at this point. Like, dare I say it, like a like a Mickey Mouse sort of object. Well, it's weird because it's like the incentives have been inverted. Like, it used to be that you had to hold back the spectacle because the spectacle was the point. Right. Um, that, you know, you went to see the these intricately rod- uh, rendered uh, models moving around with the Luke, with the industrial lights and magic stuff. And, the, you know, and you'd sell it on the story. The big sweeping space opera would get you into the seats, and then you get to see the great stuff on the screen. And that would be the sell. But, no, the sell now is the story needs to be kept as secret as possible so that we can talk about it as you know speculation endlessly um well not to mention like you want to keep the story you want to keep the story uh secret because if you don't then you're gonna get like an an early boycott from um fans who just like are pissed that you you know pissed in their you know uh cheerios yeah but no 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 those boycotts are ever serious a a fan who tells you he that he or she is going to stop engaging with the product as a liar they may I mean, continue the thing, to but threaten you with they're death, not unsuc- but they're not going to stop engaging with the product. <laughs> they're not totally unsuccessful, though, right? Because I mean, the not that not that Abrams would have not been on the project or uh, Johnson would have, but like, I mean, we're looking at you're looking at a version where like, oh yeah, like Ryan Johnson's whole deal at this point has just basically been retconned. I guess. I mean, but he was an active participant in retconning it, and he's gotten his own trilogy out of it. it I don't think you can actually Jesus, say... he had his own all, trilogy out he, of yeah, it? Yeah, he's, he's, he's doing a trilogy of films after this that aren't oh. numbered Star Warses, and I think he wants to, them to focus on droids or something. Uh, no, Jesus. Ryan Johnson has been ludicrously well rewarded for the project he was he's a he's a willing participant in episode nine all of that like the idea that you know they they they're marketing this movie specifically to piss people off that's what the mm-hmm. why call, that's what calling it the rise of skywalker is for i doubt this movie would be called that if the um if the press cycle was different for it if there wasn't yep. a a incentive to build 
hype and fury to as much of a boiling point as possible before getting people in the theaters. I think it, you know, calling it The Rise of Skywalker combined with a trailer that has basically no plot in it um, <laughs> is like it's creating like a, a specially crafted bomb for uh, fan base. And I got in on this too. The day that um, the, tra- the teaser trailer dropped, I was on Twitter screaming about The Rise of Skywalker name. Uh, I'm not immune. But isn't, I mean, isn't that like, so, so here's where I think this is where I'm trying, where I'm struggling. So I've, I've kind of a little bit fallen out of love with the, with the Star Wars hype. And mm-hmm. part of this is just because I'm like, with kids, it's very hard to just like, you know, I mean, and part of this is also because like when I do get time to do stuff uh, away from my kids, me and my wife, like generally we'll, we'll go get dinner or something like that. Cause we, we always got dinner more as a couple than went to go see movies. So, you know, you you have limited time, you, you do what you can, and so movies, as limited as they were for me, are even more limited now, and I'm not I'm not really going out to watch any movies anymore. Um, and, you know, it's a shame in some ways, but whatever, it's not like the end of the world. Um, so I haven't even seen The Last Jedi, like, I, mm-hmm. I, and I haven't seen, I haven't seen The Last Jedi or, uh... The Force Awakens. I've seen The Force Awakens. Oh. I haven't seen... Rogue One? Uh, yeah, I haven't seen Rogue One. All right. Um, There's also I have Solo. Seen, yeah. I have seen yeah. Solo. You've seen Solo? Yeah, the reason... <laughs> I, know, I haven't seen Solo. <laughs> the reason I've seen Solo was because I was out in... Um, I was visiting uh, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law in um, in Illinois when it came out. And Tom and I, my, my brother-in-law, was like, uh, was like, oh, hey, you want to go see Solo? And uh, he's like, I'm going to see, go see it with a buddy of mine. Um, and I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, and so I went to go see it while the... Well, uh, Andrea and Kristen, who were not uh, my sister-in-law, my wife, who were not at all interested, stayed back with the uh, with the kids. Um, it was fine. <laughs> it was it was a rollicking good time at the movies. Yeah, I um, I, I got a DVD copy and uh, turned it off after five minutes because that was you know. Did, if you, I, if did I, you get to the? I did not. I got to the point where he enters like the 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 thief base and talks to um, the love interest, and the dialogue in that scene was so bad. I was like, I'm done with this. I thought you maybe may have gotten to the part where you get why he's named Han Solo. No, absolutely not. I mean, I've seen <laughs> I've seen that scene and like referenced oh, so and funny. it's oh, that is it's, such a bad it's something. Um, um, yeah, no, I, I can I can tell why you're down on Star Wars movies if all you've seen well, is TFA and Solo. Um, I think TFA was fine, uh, th- but the other thing is like, so the the reason I'm da- also down on the Star Wars movies though recently is because it it's just because of this right like where. And I know this is going to make me sound like an old man, uh, which is fine because I am one. But the like the it feels to me as if like the way that we understand storytelling in film shouldn't be um, oh like what's gonna like what's gonna really juice up our numbers um, when we're pitching this uh, as a, as a franchise. Like that's how I, I I've I've accepted that that's how I can understand storytelling in video games, right? Like I've accepted that. When you pitch to me the uh, the next Final Fantasy game, there's going to be some controversial element of it that's going to make me go, "Oh wait, is this Final Fantasy? Oh man, I got to talk about this with my friends." Mm-hmm. Like that's just how the, the that's how the 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 milk is made or whatever. Like it's not there's no there's no surprise there for me. But with film, it feels like okay, even even with the most genre based films, up until we sort of had this Star Wars Marvel moment, it was about pitching something else besides just like okay um are we gonna do who's who's gonna die be sure to stop by in the theaters to find out who's gonna die or like will you be pissed off by the end of this movie yeah. check out Endgame. 
it it feels very hollow to me. Like I don't understand what I should be enjoying about it. It's moving TV pre- programming standards to the yes. movies. Yeah, um, it's it's very Game of Thrones, isn't it? Oh fuck Game of Thrones, but um, but it is very Game of Thrones. No, whole, not whole, re- I mean the uh, giving Game of Thrones credit for that is is a bit far. Lost was doing this before Game of Thrones was. Okay, but um, I think I think it got especially popularized by Game of Thrones. I think that's fair to say. I guess like the idea in, of like, in okay, the prestige which one of your faves are going to live through this. Um, I mean, I I do think that Game of Thrones is a TV show based entirely around uh, salaciously rubbernecking the rape, torture, and murder of characters you're emotionally attached to. And I don't think that that has been really done on that level before now, mainly because people so cynical as to do that weren't in charge, cynical and creative as to do that were not in charge until now. I think Game of Thrones is a masterpiece of utterly cynical television making, and I think Game of Thrones itself is a very poor product. Beyond, I'm going to actually edit you there to say, you're going to say in the final cut, I think Game of Thrones is a TV show, a mm. masterpiece. It is I, a Joker meme, creative. I think Game of Thrones is a TV show. We live in a TV, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it, but like that feels to me what these new franchises are doing, right? Like it doesn't feel different to me to say like, oh, like, like the hype over Endgame, for instance. Not that mm-hmm. we have to talk about Endgame, but the hype over Endgame where it's like, well, what am I supposed to be excited about? Like, am I freaking out because I get to find out if cinematic Spider-Man lives or not? Like, is that is that really, at the end of the day, is that why I'm going to go see a movie? Like, is it, that is that all that I'm being pitched on? Yeah, it really does that, feel like Endgame's, the point of Endgame is to figure out whose contract at Marvel is expiring. Yeah, it blows. Like it's so dumb. And like I I I am a big original trilogy guy. I like the original trilogy. I really enjoy those films and I enjoy them as genre pieces. I watched all the the prequels and and you know as much as I'll make fun of them, I watched and enjoyed them at the time. Like it's yep. not as if I'm I'm made of stone here, but it just the 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 economy of attention is is so grim and so uninteresting to me that I I just can't I can't get into it. Yeah, I get into it mostly because it gives me Twitter interactions, which gives me dopamine in the brain. Oh my god! Yeah, well, I mean, come on, I'm not gonna, buddy. Well, you know, <laughs> you're you're among friends. All right, but to talk about the game itself. Yeah, sorry. So the game itself looks Although like based it's, on based on audience uh, feedback, this is what people like to hear about in this podcast. This is when yeah. we become unabashedly political. True, uh, and we're about to do so again because the game itself looks like it is a rehash of the plot to start... Did we already do the Star Wars Rebels bit? Did we I already did, mention yes. that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, you're playing as a... Uh, it's a char- It looks like a character action game from what we've seen from the trailer. Might be third person, might be first person. The game's from Respawn Entertainment. You may know them as the people behind the Titanfall 2 single-player campaign. You might know oh, them man, as the that people is so, behind... That, is, that, that makes me excited. Yeah, See, that, might... that, again, like, that makes me excited because it's a particular creator. Yeah, and, and, I like their like, work. and they're also the people uh, who did Apex, uh, who did Apex Legends. This is their yeah. this is one of the, their other projects while they have the Apex Legends team saving EA's ass on uh, multiplayer really stuff. Are. I mean... They, Respawn has done some brilliant work. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you, the way you know that they're a new acquisition for EA is that they're still doing brilliant work. Um, yeah, I mean, they'll, you know, RIP uh, Respawn in uh, in two years or whatever, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, great work for now. Yeah, and so, like, if you, lo- you watch the trailer, you can see some of the wall running from Titanfall 2, uh, but it's part of the cinematic trailer, so you're not sure. It's not an engine, it's not action that you 
you know, we don't see a HUD, we don't have gameplay. Uh, it's purely an announced story trailer. And on the one have on the one level, yes, shovel that into my maw, shove it, uh, you know, inject it into my brain, into my veins. I love. <laughs> um, I love character action where you play a Jedi in a world full of shit where the Jedi Order itself might be broken or evil or talked shit upon because the Jedi suck. You know, from a story perspective, they're, uh, yeah. they're, they're hypocritical religious clerical fascists. Um, and when they're not that, they're neoliberals. Uh, but, you know, uh, give me a, Je a Jedi who doesn't like the Jedi Order and has to fight against the Empire the entire time, I'll take that any day of the week. Um, of course... Like, the protagonist himself sort of looks like the most boring guy in existence. Yeah, the classic, um, that classic problem, right? This has yeah. been something that has dogged people from sh since Shadows of the Empire. Um, yeah, where you played before. the Han Solo clone? Yeah. yeah. That was the game, that was the Star Wars game I played the most of. I can't remember if I said that on this show or on, uh, on uh, um, Twitter, but I played, played the hell out of Shadows of the Empire, <laughs> which, in retrospect... Probably not the best use of my time. Oh no, I played the shit out of that game too. I hated the the junkyard level because I was terrible at jumping. Did you so, did you hate fighting IG eighty eight? I liked that I, boss fight. I hated it, it less. I think I actually liked that fight. Um, I, I just could not time the jumps properly because I am, uh, you know, platformer illiterate. And let's be honest, Shadows of the Empire didn't control the best. <laughs> yeah, I got gotta love those N sixty four platformers. Yep. Uh, always, always, always uh, controlling so well and uh, and never having any problems. But yeah, in the in this in the trailer for Fallen Order, you play uh, you, you appear to be playing as a white boy hetero man, and he weird. <laughs> and and he's fully voiced, and he has a story. So it doesn't look like this is the case where they're presenting like the default male shepherd or something. Yeah, it's not this, like Dragon Age. Yeah, or, this looks or like Mass Effect or this looks like a, ca a case where we're going to be playing this guy the entire game. Um, and he's got and you know he's got friends that are seen there. He's got he's got an alien buddy. He apparently has to use the Force to try to save, because of course he's a Force user, but he has to keep that on the down low, or else society will destroy him. Um. He's got, you know, a, a couple sidekicks, uh, all, and, you know, he's got his POC sidekick. I'm assuming he'll have a, a female sidekick of some sort as well, because... Tiny alien named Osmodiar that only he can see. <laughs> and, of course, there's the villain. Um, it does feel weird in one sense that it is Respawn making this game, not Bioware. Right. Um, but then again, based on what we talked about last yeah. time. <laughs> like, it's only weird in the sense that you expect Bioware to be doing the soap opera, space, uh, sci-fi, you know, single-player uh, epic story with lots of interactions. And you expect Respawn to be doing the um, the big multiplayer content that, you know, you think Anthem would be a Respawn um, yes. project and Fallen Order would be a Bioware project until you look at you know what their outputs were in the last eight years and then you see oh yes you want your big hitters on this project for the star also, wars ip yeah and also just like and i mean this this might be something to be cautious of too but just like how good people how like how well people responded to the the titanfall 2 single player game even though it was tiny like even yeah. though it's like a ten hour campaign and like it you know, it really was sort of like, okay, we need this we need this multiplayer game, but we need a, a single player story. And people talk about I mean, 
TF2 multiplayer was was a success, mm -hmm. um, if, if short lived. Titan, but, uh, yeah, Titanfall always seems like a game that's coming out at the wrong time. Yeah, exactly. Um, it always gets overshadowed <laughs> by something. I <laughs> sorry. I sort of forget what it was over what Titanfall one overshadowed with, but I I think TF2 dropped the same time as like Infinite Warfare and and one of the one of the Call of Duties. Yeah, and it was like, something. It was something fairly big, and like that, and, and no one cared. Um, yeah, and but it, the. Okay. Go on. No, I was gonna say, but like it, by all accounts, has one of like the finest uh, R RTS uh, single mm -hmm. player scenarios of all time. I mean, and it's like it's one of these things where, if if t the Titanfall two single player campaign isn't the best. FPS campaign since Half-Life 2 it's only since Doom 2016 was released like earlier that right, year right. and that might be the best single player first person shooter campaign since Half-Life 2 and they're both like, really good in different ways and they're both like it's one of those instances where it's like okay sure like you know you can argue over which is which but mm -hmm. like both of those are so heads above heads and tails above anything else yep. that it's like but yeah I mean like that you look at that and you say like, okay, you got people to respond to what is effectively just like a, okay, we know we need a single player game. So here it is. Um, the thing that most people just skip in those games and like people are saying it's amazing and it, it is transformative and wonderful. And you're like, well, it, I want that on my space opera game. Yeah. The way it was getting sick of the way it was apparently developed is that respawn basically broke their team down into like work groups. And each work group was sent out and told, um, go put together a cool gimmick for a level. And so they put together all the gimmicks for the level, and they came back to the main group, and then they said, okay, so we've got the, the, the level where you're operating on two separate timelines, and we've got the level where you're, you know, run, running on walls and running through a factory that's building prefab houses. So you're jumping between all these, like, upside-down rooms and factory walls and all this cool shit. And now so we'll just sick. work those into a plot and a story, which is actually kind of a lot how comic books used to be written. Um, mm -hmm. You come yeah. up with the cool set pieces, and then the writer would come in and write a story around it, which is how Stan Lee wrote, quote-unquote, excuse me, quote-unquote wrote uh, like seven books a month or something, which is that you, the artist I, drew it all, and he'd come in and write some words. I told you about, I've, I've told you my Roy Thomas story before, right? I don't think so. <laughs> so I'm probably told on the podcast before, but I uh, I unabashedly love telling this story because it involves some like extremely earnest, uh, weepy guy getting getting trashed, and also uh, Roy Thomas revealing that he's sort of just like a chud. Um, <laughs> both of which are things I love. Uh, but <laughs> so I was at this panel at a uh, at WonderCon. Um, I was presenting in the in the academic section. This was years and years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I think 2009. Um, anyway, I was presenting in the academic section, but that was pretty limited, so I could always just go ahead and hang out at WonderCon. And Roy Thomas had a panel with, uh, of all people, I think it was Sergio Aragonis, which was <laughs> kind of strange, but yeah. I really wanted to see Sergio Aragonis. But um, got to see Roy Thomas, too. It was fine. Um, so <laughs> in, this, in this thing, someone asked uh, Roy, uh, they, they say, like, Roy, I, I, the... You know, do you know the you know the Avengers uh, issue where it's like the the sorceress? Uh, it's the first time the no, I'm not, sorry, not not, well, not sorceress, but uh, the first time Valkyrie shows up, mm -hmm. um, and she's like she like makes the the female Avengers uh, betray the male Avengers, or they're like we're the women Avengers now, like women's lib, we don't need you guys. Yeah, seen this before. 
Yeah. Um, and the guy, the guy was like, you know, a very typical like academic, and he was like, he was being pretentious the whole time we were there, and I just, I just despised him. And um, he was like, he was like, Roy, how did you come up with this brave like idea, like this this idea of women becoming equal with men and 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 doing yeah. like doing the same thing and like really you know espousing their independence? Um, and Roy Thomas just goes, oh. He's like, I, I don't know if it was anything like that. Basically, like, I saw that this women's lib stuff, the, like, bra-burning stuff was really big, and I saw it on bookshelves and stuff. So I went to Stan, and I said, hey, I think we can make a lot of money out of this. And uh, I guess we did. <laughs> <laughs> like, that kicks ass. Like, yeah. his whole his face just fell. <laughs> so oh, that, I, I have a lot of stories I'm not going to tell about those kinds of people. Uh, before I was part of, of uh, baseball internet, uh, I was part of comics internet. Um during oh, college. Goondolences. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big BSS poster here. Um, former BSS poster on something awful forums. But yeah. So where were we before? We oh, we were talking about we were talking about like set pieces and designing set pieces. Right. So like basically why why respawn is gonna be so good at this. And yeah. I, I think I think it's a good point. Like I think like so here's here's my I'll 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 set it up this way. Here's my concern. Um, about this game, and here's why I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, my concern is I don't know how that's going to work over a long period of time, right? Like, yep. I, you know, how are you? It's, it's the classic. It's the classic. Um, uh, whatever. Um, why am I forgetting his name? The guy who who ran uh, who runs uh, Obsidian. Obsidian. Um, um, Avalon. No, um, not, no, no, not Obsidian. Oh, what? Oh God, uh, Bethesda. Oh, Howard. Yeah, Howard. It's the Todd Howard problem where, like, you know, uh, Morrowind was weird because, uh, and I, I think we talked about this last time mm-hmm. that the the one developer on Morrowind basically like faked out Todd Howard, um, yep. and said like, you know, here's here's my crazy idea, uh, Todd, and he was like, that's too crazy, make it less crazy, and then he give him his real sca- setting. Yep. Um, but like, you know, although I, that Malign- that's a funny story because Morrowind was still completely insane. Well, that um, yeah, but that I, I guess that was the point. Like he was yeah. like, "Well, I, I wanted it to be insane enough, so I just made fake ones." Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, the the like, I would malign Todd Howard for that and like say like, you know, grow, you know, be adventurous, do do cool things, like be weird. But there's a reason that you need a Todd Howard on those kinds of projects, which is that like over like a 60 70 hour game or i don't know how long this is going to be but say it is oh, it's a single like player a 60, game 70. so I'm, yeah. I'm i'm guessing it's probably going to be about a 20 hour playthrough well even over a 20 hour game right like if it's, th- if it's a cinematic need, campaign like that yeah yeah you need a bit of narrative consistency that is at core kind of boring like there's there's a there's a, a boring sort of uninventive quality to uh, video game narrative consistency most times and i worry that respawn might lose lose the thread now the positive thing here is that if there's any genre that could use someone just saying like okay forget every single thing you know about the genre let's brainstorm good ideas it's the i mean it's it's single player character driven action games which Mm -hmm. are just as stale as 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 dirt um like i think if if respawn can if respawn can revive this genre um i'm all for it well, there there are warning signs that aren't too promising beyond the fact that Rings, uh, aside, you know, respawns great, but there are warning signs above this project's head that are uh, a bit concerning, such as the fact that the first aborted start on this project was under Amy Hennig, the uh, the Uncharted developer, mm-hmm. and she was let go because the project was too much like Uncharted, 
Now, if you want a standard for a game, a you know, you know, fifteen to twenty hour single player game that has been very successful while having a very regimented play progression, <laughs> that's the Uncharted series. <laughs> what more could you want? Yeah, <laughs> to be so honestly, if, if if you're not if if EA's you know decision makers aren't down with the success of the Uncharted series, then I'm not sure you know. What their expectations are, what's going to be realistic here? There's um, like there's some that's some shades of uh, of the anthem problem right there, where like yeah. you know instead of instead of wanting a uh, instead of wanting like a game that is really good, they want some sort of like game changing, game breaking thing, and they're never quite sure what it is, and then you end up with just a mess. Yeah, um, that sucks. That's a shame. Yeah, well, I mean, it's. Who knows how it's going to go, but this was always going to be a, oh, the EA has the Star Wars license, right, situation where, you know, you are hoping against hope that a quality product emerges. You're happy if it does. You're not surprised if it doesn't. Correct, um, yes. And that has, you know, and they're, they're claiming right now that the game isn't going to have microtransactions, isn't going to charge rents. We'll see. Um, I'm not sure, you know, there, there's a, there's a very big, am I following the letter of the law or the spirit of the law <laughs> distinction when it comes to things like that. And so true. Um, yes. Yes. You know, there may not be quote unquote microtransactions, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be something to, you know, for them to charge rent on. Um, but we'll see I mean, how why it wouldn't you know, there goes. Be? I mean, because it, it really talked the about this last time. Reason, it yeah. is truly the most successful thing that games have done monetarily. Yeah, and that leads us into our second topic, I believe. Mm. Uh, talking about gambling, right? So, yeah. who are you picks? Who are you picks? Who you got this week, John? I've got a lock Bethesda, of the week. Bethesda for their um, <laughs> their new and innovative uh, quote unquote free to play game, Elder Scrolls Blades. Hey, I got to tell you, um, I'm very bad at gambling. Let me mm-hmm. let me say this on because uh, only people watching the stream last night would know this. Uh, but I want to out myself uh, at uh, halftime when the uh, when the uh, Warriors were murdering the uh, the Clippers. I said, "Well, that game's over. There's no way the Clippers are going to ever come back from that." Mm-hmm. And I, I said, "I will I will bet a lot of money on that." Um, and they did. So I'm not excited about this microtransaction trend because it means I will be even worse at video games. Yeah, I mean, I, this is, for fairness, at least um, only only like you know twenty to thirty percent of the bullshit in Blades is based on actual gambling, the sort of loot box chest open gambling. That's mainly because they've so monetized every other interaction you can make in the game that mm-hmm. it's just a volume proposition. <laughs> so if, if you haven't played it. And I, I installed it and played a little bit of it on my phone, and just I, I hate mobile games to begin with, but I, it just doesn't feel like it controls well or anything to me. The only mobile game I've enjoyed, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap this game as much as possible. Uh, I talked about it on an episode. I think it's coming out next week with, uh, with Dendy Crew. Um, is the the rhythm game Citus mm-hmm. and uh, Citus Two C Y T U S. It is phenomenal, and it is great, and it feels good on mobile. And I've never played a game quite like that. Where like it actually feels good on mobile uh, devices, but mostly I'm with you, John. It uh, mobile gaming does not do it for me. Yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't play Blades because just because I don't think the flow or the 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 um, you know the, the 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 loop the cycle is very good to begin with. But holy lord! All right. So like the the proposition the the plot of the game is you're in a town 
the town gets attacked and burned to the ground, more or less, and there's a, a queen or a sorceress you have to find and defeat to uh, make ensure the town's safety from there forward. Um, and to do that, you go out to do dungeons uh, and and quest for items. You know, it's your standard get loot, get better, rinse and repeat yeah, sure. thing. Um, and every single step on that chain has been monetized. For instance, uh, <laughs> it costs uh, money to rebuild houses in the town, of course. That's a normal thing. Um, and as, as, you, as you rebuild certain houses, more functions open up in the town. You know, the blacksmith, the, mm -hmm. um, the apothecary, all that stuff. Fine. Sure, that's, okay, normal. that's fine. So the in, only way in to get theory, that makes mm -hmm. sense. The only way to get loot is from treasure chests, okay? And you get those chests uh, at the end of dungeons. All okay. right. Oh, so you and can just play a bunch of dungeons. That must be really easy, right? Like, not, not hard at all to get through a dungeon. Oh, oh I, I'm sure getting through the dungeon is fine. I think getting through the dungeon is, like, the one thing that isn't actually monetized. Oh, really? Um, That's funny. So these chests, they come in three kinds, um, bronze, silver, and gold. Um, the bronze chests open in five seconds. The <laughs> silver chests open in three hours. The gold chests open in six hours, and then there's legendary chests, which are very special, and you only get one of every now and again, except unless you buy them from the store, of course. Of course, yes. Now, which they're, they can get them as much as you want, right? Mm -hmm. oh, now, good. do you think you can pay money to bypass those timers on the chests? No, no, they'd never do that, yes, right? Yes, you can. Oh, no. Oh, there, there is one way that uh, dungeon quests, uh, the, the actual dungeoneering is monetized, which is that if you fail, you go back to town unless you pay real money to continue. Oh, God damn it. Um, um, is there, is it, is, is it ha can you do the classic thing that I used to do when I played uh, Candy Crush on the train, which is like, screw with your, uh, your phone's clock? And, um, and tell it like it's tomorrow now, and I then think you can open the chest. I think they've gotten beyond that. Um, That's a shame. That was really fun. I I liked I liked uh, beating the monetization uh, giant. Yeah, I'm pretty sure now they ha you have to be talking to the server to open a chest. Um, oh well, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I guess it's just so you you can you get the chests now. You have a limited inventory of chests. In other words, you can only hold so many chests at a time. Do you think you could pay money to increase that inventory? Uh, oh, probably not, John. That would be that would be shameless. Oh, you can definitely pay money to increase that inventory. Do you know why you need to pay, pay money to increase that inventory? Because if you... Because chests that are being opened are still in your inventory, and you can't pick up any more chests. Like, you oh, you collect, crest, uh, uh, collect chests more frequently than you open chests, especially so as the timers start ticking up. You're stuck. You either open, you either pay to open the chest, in mm -hmm. which case you can have a free, you know, you get a free inventory slot, or you pay to increase inventory slots so you can pick up the chest. Yep. This is, I, 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 I think the technical economic term for this is, uh, uh, and, and you'll forgive the, the extremely technical uh, variety of this, but it's, uh, you're fucked coming and going. Yep, fucked coming and going. And... Then we're, we're not done yet, of course. Um, oh, whenever you course. go to the store, you obviously you can buy a selection of usually horse shit weapons that are worse than anything you could um, per, you could find in a dungeon, but that's just the regular inventory. On the side, in this uh, store menu, there will always be like an item on sale for real money. Um, oh, like a legendary mace or something. And the price yeah, I'm, tag... I'm seeing this in my mind where it's like, bad item, bad item, bad item, oh... 
Oh wow, okay. That's a that's a really good item. That's Guess a, what the I price can, tags the game with that. on these legendary items go up to in terms of oh, real world money. Uh $10. $15. Wow. Oh. They don't all cost $15, but it's, you know, they can get up to $15. That's, that's so gross. Yeah. Um <laughs> That sucks. Now, you know what else you can pay money to do? Skip oh, quests hopefully entirely. Hopefully quit the game. Squit, skip quests entirely. Like, say a, <laughs> somebody gives you a, a side quest to go out and kill X or Y goblins or something out in the forest. Um, you can go do that, or you can pay... And This is all laundered through, like, gems, I think is the currency that they use. So you're not actually, like, you know... He's not actually saying pay four ninety nine or whatever to skip this quest. He's saying give me X number of gems because I guess way way back in the in the dev cycle here, uh, or the you know the development cycle of uh, gaming as gambling or gambling as gaming, they realized that it it feels less like you're pissing your life away if you have to convert real money into a standard currency for the game before spending it. Yeah, because uh, you disassociate it from actual cash. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's just that's gambling one on one. That's giving yeah. you like giving you chits instead of dollars. Like, okay, um, well, I mean, are you really that upset that you lost? You only lost all these chips. It's not like you actually lost a, a, mm-hmm. a an actual dollar. I mean, it, when casinos started doing this because it was safer, made it oh, um, more secure to handle the money. Uh, but it also, for, I mean, it had that psychological. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. Um, but yeah, you can just pay money to bypass quests. Which at, at some point, what are you really doing here? That is a very, <laughs> very good question. I like it, that's that really is like I think at a certain point you get to the core of of gaming and like the the bad uh, not not hypocrisy but bad paradox of gaming where it's like okay, I have um, I'm playing this game. There's a difficult part when I get I, my my main desire is to get past the difficult part. When I get past the difficult part or get the reward, you know, the, the fulfillment I feel is, you know, I might feel fulfilled, but it isn't actually as, like, pure as I was hoping, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a bummer, right? Like, that's something that we're like, ah, oh, darn, I wish I would feel a little more fulfilled about this. Um, that's the classic video game thing. I wish I uh, felt 13 again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, when you're actually paying to get past it, like, yep. at that point, seriously, what are you doing? Now, just think about the people who will get nostalgic because that's what they were doing at 13, paying to get past <laughs> Think about oh, that hell. That's so sick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and it's not like Blades is a particularly compelling game. It plays like a bad, in my opinion, because I hate phone controls, it plays like a bad Skyrim, and Skyrim didn't play so well. Like, right. uh, and, and it's not like the plot's compelling. The queen burned down the town. What? Um, <laughs> and, you know, and... All there are, there's just price tags on everything anywhere. I, I just don't see how this is interesting or compelling, but it's doing gangbusters. They, gave, yeah, of course. they made $500,000 in the first week from just in-game purchases. It's free if, you, if, you like, if you're just playing it, right? Like well, it's just free, playing, you, yeah. And you put yeah, it down. Da- the thing why. is, if you play it for free, you have to put it down. And if you actually want to stick to playing for free, you don't have to pay money. You just have to put it down for a couple hours. Like you, it has to be a thing you pay, play for like forty-five to an hour minutes a, a day, and then you know you hit your timers, and then you put the phone down, and then the next day when you pick it back up, your timers will have been reset. You'll have gotten your items, and you can play it like that. But you know the idea isn't to play it like that. They don't want that. They want the whales. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, sure. 
And you know, there there's been funny legends of of mobile games, and I, I should explain if people don't know a whale in the mark in the common parlance for mobile <laughs> games is someone who has either too much money or access to their parents credit card who spends ludicrous amounts of uh, real money currency on in-game stuff such that you know there will be games whose developers know their whales by at least you know username because they represent a full third of the mobile games income because okay. that's how much money they're spending. And yeah, most of these, most of these um, whales are people for, for whom money is not an object. Usually, they are the children of people with large bank accounts, or kids um, who just like have the have their parents' card on their phone. Yeah, um, they can just like access to it. Yeah, well, usually, that, if the parent can't afford it, that usually doesn't last too long because the parent will realize right. this child has like, just what dropped. The hell is this? <laughs> a two thousand dollar bill on you know uh, on their parents' credit card, and. Um, right. Yeah, and and those and this sort of and if you we, love your kid enough, you actually do that. But some parents oh, yeah. just don't. Yeah, um, and that's it's why really we that, and that's uh, their family. That's prison again. Yes, yes, to uh, take them <laughs> away from their family, give them to a family who cares enough. That's to right. Give them the credit card. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the, the income streams on these are wildly unequal. Um, but for a large product like a Bethesda mobile game, um you will see, you know, more casual players and more casual players spending, I guess, smaller amounts of money in addition to having these whales. I just, you know, it just doesn't seem like it has either the greatest um, game loop to retain people. Like, I can understand why people get addicted to, like, matching three in a row with gotcha games. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why people want to tromp around a clunky dungeon um, with bad first-person controls and pay hundreds of dollars for that, especially cosmetic stuff, because it's a first-person game with, I don't think it has multiplayer. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like, uh-huh. it's not even, I mean, like, it doesn't, I, okay, I say it's weird, but dungeon crawlers are a, are a, are a known quantity in, in gaming, and I yeah. guess it's, it's not so different from that. It's just, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like a gotcha game in the way that you want it to be, which is to uh-huh. say, like, okay... You you know it says okay you can literally pay to win this game which is one thing um, to then say like I mean to say like okay that's what a gotcha game is is a little weird because a gotcha game is more just like okay you can win you can oh, it's win a slot machine isn't yeah it? you that's can win little things and collectibles and stuff like that and that's just a blind bag like that's that's mm-hmm. something that I recognize from what appeals to me and as a parent like okay it's it's effectively like innocent gambling you know in a sense. Um, but this is just like this is just pay to win, which does not feel nearly as uh, compelling. Yeah, and I'm not even sure. Like, I'm not sure what the what what the end goal is here. I mean, it doesn't feel like the gameplay loop is that compelling. It doesn't feel like the plot is that compelling. But I guess I guess it works. Even Sir Patrick Stewart isn't even in this one. Yeah, not or Sean Bean. We know one. he'd die at the end. Yeah. <laughs> ah, what a good meme. Yeah, I mean that though that was the um that was the big twist of oblivion, which is that Patrick Stewart dies in the beginning and Sean Bean lives the entire game. <laughs> um But yeah, I it, it is it's it's strange, right? Like it's just mm-hmm. it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. I'm I'm you know, it's making the money now, so of course it'll continue. But with stuff like this, it's for me always the question becomes like is this something that is just going to stay forever and I'm going to have to like 
get used to and is just going to be in games. Like, yeah, I mean, and that have, sucks. People have been about. saying, um, well, don't worry, it's only on a mobile game now. This doesn't mean it's coming to regular games. Well, no, every time something like this happens, they, <laughs> they try to push the envelope. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They try to see what they can get away with. So, you know, if you don't, if you don't, step on this now if you don't make a big fit about this now yes sure you'll probably see them at least try to put some of this in the new elder scrolls not all of it not much but some the the amount so like i heard i heard a kid and this this is going to sound like a a complaining thing I, i i actually don't really care but the the i heard a kid who probably a five or six year old at my when i was dropping off my daughter at school today talking about Fortnite, and it's like when if you are a dev and you hear some kid that age talking about Fortnite, what you're gonna think is, Oh hell, I gotta get a piece of this pie. Like this mm-hmm. is this is amazing. Like this is exactly what I want. I, I need to get in on this. And they're just they see such big money signs that they're gonna do anything they can to get in on Fortnite. And part of Fortnite there is, well, it monetizes the stuff you get. Like that's what it does, mm-hmm. and it's not the same way. Fortnite's not uh, pay to win. It's 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 like explicitly not pay to win, and then that's one of the things that is most sort of like admirable about it, I think. But on the other hand, it, that distinction is really only there for people who care about the games. If you're some kid who wants the skins or not, that is just as important. Yep, or the dances. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, or the IP that they stole from basically anybody that they saw on television. Um, throw those in the game, too. Right. And, and that's like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it, it is it is a matter of looking at something and saying, like, I don't like this element of it. I don't like what's, I don't like what I'm seeing here, but it's limited to this sphere. It isn't. Because it's, mm-hmm. like, literally they will see it and go that's going to make me a lot of money or that is making Epic a lot of money. How am I going to get in on this? And you can't trust game executives to be nuanced and subtle with their implementation of these things. They just want the cash. Yep. So, uh, uh, prediction, uh, does, does, um, does this ruin games forever? Uh, games were already ruined. It's a trick question. Perfect. Trick question. You, you, you figured me out. Yeah. Um, Do we want to go to our games? I've been listening a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, we'll go to our games. Can I make a, a I want to make a plug for something that everyone's already listening to, uh, yeah. but I started listening to and I've really been enjoying, uh, which is um, I finally, uh, I finally actually listened to Comedy Bang Bang and it is very good. Um, and people should listen to that. All right. I got to uh, I got to an episode where someone was playing uh, the chief from the the character was he was the he was playing the chief from the Carmen San Diego uh, games uh. and it was extremely funny um, and you should definitely uh, definitely enjoy that uh, it's a it's a it's a strong strong uh, ensemble piece and totally different from this podcast but um, I feel like I should just say what I'm liking as well as what I'm playing but John I want to hear about the game you're playing because. Uh, Friend of the stream, Rob. Um, friend of the game, Rob, and friend of the stream, Rob, mm. uh, has played a lot of this. Told me about it, and I have never gotten into it. So, uh, talk to me about this game you're playing. I am playing the game Hades, which is the new game from uh, Supergiant Games. You may know them from from games such as uh, Bastion, uh, Transistor, uh, 
the underrated pyre, um, which is mostly about reading and basketball. Um, and I, I, Hades is in early access right now, and it's only on the Epic Store, which are two strikes against it for a lot of people. Um, but for me, it's the only reason I have the Epic Store installed, uh, outside of the Division 2, which I'm still working my way through. Um, Hades R- is a... R.I.P. to you. <laughs> Hades is a... Uh, it's a character action game, isometric point of view, third person, sort of a cartoony style. Um, it's run-based, so it's sort of it's sort of like a roguelite. Uh, it's run-based, but you keep progress as you continue. And the um, the theory behind it, the the pitch, is that you are the son of Hades, trying to escape Hades and find your mother. Um, Naturally, I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah, and so like, yeah, Persephone is left hell. Persephone's your mom. Persephone's left hell. Um, it's outside somewhere, and you want to go find her. And your dad's like, nah, you're staying here. I'm going to make fun of you for staying here. Um, and if you want to escape, you're going to have to escape. You have to go all the way through Hades to get back to the surface world and um, and do all that stuff. Now, on your quest to get to the surface world, you get the help of the Olympian gods. And this is what forms the run-based component of it. Because each god will give you uh, power-ups um, for each of their... Uh, each of your abilities like you've got an attack and a, a special a dash um, and a dodge and you can get power-ups to each of these like if you get Zeus Zeus's whole thing is that whenever you do something um, a lightning bolt will strike an enemy so you can get an ability so that when you dash lightning bolts strike your enemy when you attack lightning bolts strike your en- enemy when you use your special nice. lightning yeah so, and so on like that um, and Zeus is the most powerful of the gods in the game, but there's all sorts of other um, effects you can get. Like uh, Aphrodite will charm enemies or uh, lower the, their defense uh, or make them weak, which lowers their offense. Um, Dionysus, which was, who was added in a recent content update, will uh, make them you know, drunk or poisoned. Um, make them love to party. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's an interesting interaction with Chaos, the god Chaos, and they, um, they make, like, a, a deal with you. If you take a debuff for three turn three rooms, because it's room-based as well, you go from room to room, fighting, okay. uh, set groups of enemies, then the room ends, you get a reward, you move to the next room. Um, if you get through three rooms with a, with a debuff on, then you get a permanent buff to something. Mm. Um, okay. And it's usually a very strong buff, but the debuff is is fairly onerous sometimes. Like, you take damage every time you dodge or something. Uh, you can get into situations where the debuff is trivial to your playstyle, and that's that's the best situation to be in with Chaos, because then you get all of the benefits with none of the downsides. Um, this game reminds me a lot of another game I was playing recently called Wizard of Legend, which is, like again, roguelike, but you pick up like items and spells and stuff that mm-hmm. give you particular... Especially like the way you're describing Chaos, like they had cursed items where it was like, okay, your your attack will increase, but um, your movement speed will decrease. Or like, okay, a permanent upgrade to your attack, but everything in every store costs twice as much. Like, stuff like that. Like, yeah. it's, it, it, it is... That's a that's a really fun way to play a game. I have to say, like you it, you can strategize so much with it. Yeah, there are some, and there's so, and you, obviously you can have different weapons. The uh, the weapons that are in the game right now are a sword, a spear, a bow, like uh, a shield, like Captain America's shield. 
um, cool. which is actually the, secretly the best weapon in the game, in my opinion. Um, and in a recent content update, they added a gun. There's just a fucking gun. You get a gun, and a, it has a grenade launcher under it. So, you, like, they just hand you a military rifle. Um, <laughs> it's, nice. and it, it's, the, the, the flavor for it is funny because apparently it belonged to Hestia. The goddess mm-hmm. of the hearth that like you never hear anything about. Like all in all the Greek tales, she's just there tending the fire. Well in Hades, her backstory is she had a fucking rocket launcher and a machine gun <laughs> in the god war against the Titans. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I should mention it's a super giant game, so you know that the the characterization, the production values, the especially the music, um, everything is fully on point. Um, I I've really enjoyed interacting with all the characters. Um, it's really depressing at times because you're all dead in hell. Well, yeah, um, and it's a super giant game. Like they don't really yeah, make. They don't. They don't. Games. They don't make happy games. Um, Pyre might be the happiest game, and it starts with you exiled to the wasteland. Um, I mean, although I Bastion, haven't beaten it. Oh uh, yeah, Bastion. Is, yeah, I watched. The, I watched this like most of a speed run of Bastion. Um, I'd played it before, but I watched most of a speed run, and boy, that game is depressing when you find yeah. out like the, the when like the the end story comes in. You're just like, oh god. Yeah, this is this is brutal, and uh, Hades doesn't seem to like. There's like your first, the first boss, uh, Megara, who you may know um, from being generously reinterpreted as the girlfriend character in Disney's Hercules. Yeah, as um, Meg, um, she is the first boss, and like she is, you're playing as a as a guy named Zagreus, who I don't believe is an actual Greek god. I believe he was created specifically for this game. Uh, and by the, and it's run based, so it means you'll have to face Meg all the time. Right. Um, in a, in the most recent content update, they actually shifted that up, and she's one of the three Furies, so you have to fight the other two Furies now, um, occasionally. So they decided um, the boss encounter was too easy. Well, no, no, yeah, well, yes and no, but now now you don't fight Meg all the time. Sometimes you fight one of her sisters, mm, okay. not all of them at the same time. But yeah, for the most part, until those other two sisters come in, it's just you and your ex-girlfriend beating the shit out of each other over and over and over and over again. Um, it's a literally Sisyphean. Yeah. Oh, Sisyphus is in this too. Uh, he, you can run into him in the, in the, uh, during the, the first uh, Big Area's dungeon. I hope um, you don't have to fight him. Poor you guy. don't. He's, oh, he's a buddy. He, he, he's, like a, he's like a rest point. He gives you health and shit. Um, his so rock his has, livers. yeah, his rock has a, um, a very subtle smiley face on it. Um, <laughs> he is actually friends with the rock now. It's like, sort of like, it's almost like, he's not ta- ca- talking to it precisely, but it's almost like a castaway thing where he's become friends with the inanimate object. That's kind of um, cool. I don't, I don't, I don't hate that. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah, he seems like he's having a, a decent amount of time for a guy who has to roll a boulder up the hill. Uh, forever. Well, you'd have to get used to it, probably, right? Like I'm. Yeah. I don't um, know. but yeah, no, like and like, and like the biggest character interaction you get with Meg is like eventually after you've talked to her enough after beating her, eventually she'll show up in her room, your room, not for any like sexy time encounters, but to like take back the last of her stuff. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> yeah, that she left there. Wow. Um, yeah. Huh. It's uh, and Brutal. there's. There's also, um, and then there like the and also the most recent content pack added Thanatos, the uh, the god of death, who mm-hmm. also seems to be either your ex best friend or like ex boyfriend. Uh, it's oh, difficult cool. to tell what the um, 
what the situation is there, but it's very clear that he feels extremely unhappy and betrayed that you're trying to leave hell. Um, Yikes. And it's like, yeah, like it, the, you know, the game is um, incredibly, like, even, even your dad, Hades, who spends most of his time, you know, mocking you and belittling you and, um, you know, saying that, you know, he's not, he's never going to let you leave hell. Eventually, once or twice he slips up and, and you realize he can't leave either. Like, he, he'll say, no one has ever left Hades. If I can't do it, and then he'll stop. Um, <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's why he's bitter. Because he can't leave either. Um, Ugh. That's and, rough. Yeah, like when you and the game's in early access, so not all the levels are in there yet. So you can hit an end to uh, your run. Yeah, um, very and, dead cells. Uh, yeah, if, you, if, if people played that in early access. And when that happens, they say they just kill you at the end of the run and respawn you back at um, the bottom. And then, and you know, Hades will be like, "There is literally no way out of here." Uh, at this time right now and it really it's just stupid idiot i told you a hundred times it just underlines the themes i think the game's really great i'm really looking forward to it there's another content update and i think about three weeks and this cool. is and the last content update was about three weeks ago so this feels like it's gonna be a big one that adds a new level um Sweet. so i'm really looking forward to it nice i'm glad i what I, I will check that out that sounds really good um so I have less to say about my game, but more to say if you listen to last week's episode, um, not of Patch Notes, but of, of the main pod. Um, I'm really excited about um, this game, Falcon Age, that came out. Um, mm-hmm. It is uh, it is the uh, the work of Outer Loop Games. Um, I talked to uh, one of the one of the main main people there, uh, Ika, uh, who's at Ika Not on Twitter. Uh, very nice guy, um, and. Uh, the game is cool. It's it's actually it is a it is a very politically charged game. Um, the the point of which is to basically uh, do anti imperialism and take back a uh, a colony from uh, from the colonizers. You play nice. a um, you play a uh, basically a, a person of color uh, like a, like an indigenous person who uh, is is under constant surveillance by a colonial state. Um, and you and your uh, you meet this this falcon, uh, this tiny falcon who you, you meet you meet the falcon as a baby, and uh, it it you raise it, it you rescue it basically, uh, and it rescues you in a number of situations, and you and it grow together, you train it, and uh, it becomes your way of defeating these uh, these colonizers. It's very cool. Um, so you use like falconry. You uh, you can teach it things. You can get it to fetch. Uh, you can give it little hats if you want. Uh, mm-hmm. That has been very cute. Uh, you may have seen your friends retweeting um, uh, memes of it or gifs of it or whatever. Uh, it is an extremely memeable game. Uh, but for the most all important that, quality, yeah, of course. Uh, but for all that, it seems like the 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 mechanics are pristine. Um, it is VR uh, capable, and it actually seems like there's a purpose to the VR, which is very cool. Like you can actually sort of like hold your falcon on your hand uh, mm-hmm. and and sort of like interact with it in quote unquote real life. Um, but like I think most of all, what what's exciting about it is it's is it's a full throated uh, game uh, that has a progressive point, which is to say like it isn't just doing it for points. Um, the entire point of the game is that it's an anti imperialist game, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like. This isn't to slight 
something like Overwatch. Um, but it is to distinguish. <laughs> I really love Overwatch. when this isn't a slight. Something like Overwatch comes in out of left field. Uh, but you know, like I, I well, Overwatch will do stuff like include characters mm-hmm. uh, from who are clearly meant to re- uh, indicate like indigenous or yep. uh, Apex did this does this as well. Um, yeah, I think, right. I want to say and, most of the character action games have been getting into this groove. Yeah, more more woke uh, characterizations, and that's fine. I mean, it's actually good. Um, but in a lot of senses, like you sort of look at it, and you're like, okay, this is extremely calculated. Like mm-hmm. there's a <laughs> there's an obvious calculation that's happening here. Um, and you sort of like you look at the the non-binary character in Apex, and like there who's uh, the tracker? What's his name? Or their name? Bloodhound. Uh, yes, Bloodhound. So Bloodhound's non-binary, um, which is cool. Uh, and like you, you get stories like the there was one going around about this uh, this, uh, this. I think it was a, a man. I can't remember who was playing with uh, their brother um, or their sibling, and their sibling is non-binary and uh, was uh, would always pick Bloodhound uh, because they they finally saw themselves represented in a game, and it's like oh that's great. Um, now now you've been tricked to spending money here too exactly right and like that that is good and it's not a bad thing that bloodhound is 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 in there as non-binary and it's always good to have that but mm-hmm. on the other hand it does it's not immediately like a oh sweet uh we beat racism or we beat, we yeah. beat sexism or whatever like it, it it is calculated whereas in in falcon age there's not like i mean it's not as if they have uh, it's not a subscription service. It's not a microtransaction service. It's just a game. And the literal point of the game is uh, the people you're fighting against in this are not uh, coded as uh, good or bad. Or, I'm sorry, not... Oh, I guess that's even actually correct. They're just like, they're basically doing a job and they are, and it is a horrible, soulless, terrible job that's ruining your uh, your country's life. Um, and so you, you destroy their robots with your falcon. And it is it is truly like sort of an emancipatory story and it's full-throated at that. Um, which I feel like a lot of games won't do. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason. I mean, it's it's not, you know, like I, I think we're, we've sort of, to, to take a full circle back to Lucas, like we've even grown less, uh, we've grown less radical than uh, perhaps even Lucas was uh, using... Um, using uh, imagery from the Vietnamese uh, War uh, or the Vietnam War in uh, in Jedi. Like, it, everyone's kind of scared to do it. Um, and I really admire Falcon Age for not only uh, playing around with new mechanics, the idea of, like, a Falcon-based combat system is awesome, and yep. they really did a lot of research into what that would look like and what actually you do when you perform falconry. It's, it's a, a super super careful game um mm-hmm. but also i admire that they were just like you know what screw it like we're gonna do we're gonna do the imperialism game um that's cool and i i, I know they'll probably get review bombed or whatever for it but it seems like so far they they are getting a lot of respect for it and i i hope that continues but i would encourage everyone to pick it up it's it's cheap it's only 20 bucks um and it's only on playstation 4 for now um so sorry for that exclusivity but uh if you have uh, ps4 vr it also has VR capability, and I would be very interested in hearing from anyone if they uh, play it that way. I'd be interested to hear how it plays. It does sound good. Uh, to give Lucas credit, though, um, he was, in the prequels, the only one who predicted how stupid the fall of our democracy would be. It's true. I mean, I will I will give that to the prequels, although here's my thing about the prequels when people talk about it being, like, a super smart political uh, piece. 
I am not so sure how oh, much I didn't, of that was intentional. I didn't say it was And super, how much of it was like. Well, intentionality doesn't matter to begin with. but It does, am, too. No, it does not. <laughs> intentionality will, does not I will matter. absolutely destroy you. All right, we will have a <laughs> podcast about this later. Um, okay, but in t- I mean, it is not my view that it matters one bit what George Lucas intended uh, to make when he made it. Um, that said, it's not that he was super smart in divining the secret ways that uh, politics would generate over time. It is that we got progressively dumber down to meet him. <laughs> like, you know, he, di- he didn't come up to some high level that we just didn't foresee, like a Greek tragedy. Um, we, we descended to meet his prediction. Um, we got, we got dumb enough to, to, uh, have not like, you know, our, our, our society's, uh, you know, telling moment isn't Citizen Kane, it's the the Clone War. Yes. Look, the Clone Wars features a, uh, a subplot where the Jedi Knights buy the army that's going to destroy them. And because they're so they're they're so ashamed of like doing a credit card chargeback, that they just keep the army, and use it. <laughs> like yeah, like like Palpatine puts the the clone army on the Jedi's credit card, and instead of you know calling up the the vendor and doing a chargeback, they send Obi Wan to go pick it up. <laughs> That's so it's funny. it's kind of great, honestly. Um, All right. Well, you know what? If people want to, um, maybe we could do like a maybe we can come up with like a Patreon goal or something where uh, where I have to rewatch these movies with you. And All right. Can we can we can I you know, I will you can, you can convince. Me. I tried to do a rewatch. If, if you mean like a commentary track, I am so down for that. Um, I, we I I tried to do a rewatch of the prequels recently. I got through episode one. Loved episode one a lot more than I thought I would. Um, couldn't get through episode two. Yeah, mm. even even as a pay- prequel defender, episode two is some hard times. We might have to be drinking for this. <laughs> hey, you know what? We have to be drinking for it anyway, in my yeah. opinion. Um, what are we doing if we're not? Uh, well, John, I believe we've we've made it through again. I don't know if we went any shorter this time. Um, I, I I suppose I could go check, but I don't really feel like it. Uh, mm-hmm. I expect we went about the same, but that is okay because we had a good time and. As uh, as as uh, Andrew pointed out to me on stream the other night, um, he doesn't really know why we're so committed to making this short. Since uh, if there's one thing every single person enjoys, it's uh, content. It's true. Uh, so, um, and he might have a point. That might make sense. Uh, but you know, we'll see. Uh, I think it was our best episode yet. Uh, I don't. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm it's either our best about, or our worst. Yeah, this is one it. of those. It's, <laughs> well, it's either our best or our second best. There you go. That's wow. That is that is some good marketing. It's also either our you worst must or you must be an worst. Orioles fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right. Hey, are they uh, are they following up on their good start? I know Chris Davis's OPS is raising. They're doing okay. Sort of... Like they just took a series from the Red Sox, beat them eight eight to one yesterday on their Patriot Day game. Wow, um, that starts... must have been a treat. Yeah. Um. So they're they're, I mean they're second. In the AL East, second place is seven and ten, but you know, still that's second place. Um, I don't think it'll continue, but who cares if it? Continues. You don't think they'll be as historically bad as as everyone? No, no, I, I I think they'll be you know like a seventy-two win team or something, which um, that's not so bad. No, I mean, I mean, considering it, where people predicted them, yeah, it's about twenty wins better than most people predicted them to be. Um, weren't they predicted? Like, weren't they actually predicted to have a historically bad season? Like, 
They were predicted to have most places predicted them to be like a like fifty three or fifty four win team, which is actually a couple wins better than last year, just because it is so nice. difficult historically to be right. as bad as the Orioles were last year. That was like the Astros in that in that couple year stretch. Where yeah, they, they couldn't possibly lose. They couldn't possibly only win fifty games. Yeah, game. where they where they were defied all odds. The biggest dog shit ever on the field, and the owner still pocketed you know seventy million pure profits. It was great. Hey, but uh, but you know what? It's it's cool because uh, now we get AJ Preller t shirts. Yeah. Oh, God. Padres are so hard to. They're so hard for me because AJ Preller is such a scumbag, but they also uh, they also have um, uh, uh, Robert. Uh, yeah, they also have Robert Stock, uh, who is friend of friend of the podcast, or whose brother of friend of the podcast, Richard Stock. So I I can't hate them entirely. I, I can't have a full throated hatred of them. Yeah, I mean, as as hilariously shady as Preller is, the Padres are one of the few organizations that seems to realize that spending money on players is the new market inefficiency. That, like, you know, teams just don't want to win now, so if you are one of the few teams that wants to win, you can go pretty far by, um, you know, just doing things that would have been normal 20 years ago, like trying to get the best players possible. Paying a free agent. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, baseball's quite something. Right. Yeah, it's when when fans say, I mean, this is how we'll bring it back and, and end the episode. When fans say that uh, that when they see like a Machado contract or a Harper contract and say like, oh, you're not gonna like your 13 of that contract instead mm-hmm. of, yay, we got the best player in baseball. <laughs> like yeah. the, I, you're, you're starting to get towards video game uh, logic at that point, or video game fan logic at that mm-hmm. point, which is like. Uh, Quick, find me, find me the worst case scenario so I can worry about it. Or well, find while. me the management scenario. Find me, find me the boss's interpretation. Yeah, like, I want to be management. Now. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, uh, on that cheery note, uh, I'll see you next week. See you next week. Is there anything people can read of yours nope. out there right now? <laughs> this is my project right now. You got your um, novel going on, or you're, I, uh, I have <laughs> a. I mean, I've been trying to. I've got a novel that I've been trying to sell for like. 16 months now it's it's not really online anywhere since i'm trying to get an agent for it so um should talk to uh, uh, yeah okay i have some people you can talk to (laughs) um all right well i will see you next week this was always fun as always uh and thanks for listening to patch notes uh you can catch us every week and um i'm sure at some point we'll be doing bonus material but uh not in the cards right now we're just trying to get the uh the main stuff on on uh on the on the line all right uh talk to you soon john Talk to you soon, uh, Trev, and see you guys later. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was, I was in my head. I had, an, I had like, I'm gonna say goodbye to the folks, and then you just talk directly to me, and I'm like, God damn it, Trev. <laughs>